Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Join our hosts as they discuss a wide range of topics and speak with leading cybersecurity, technology, and compliance experts. Now is the time for Secure Talk. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. Secure Talk is brought to you by Adequest, your cybersecurity and compliance partner. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I am your host for this episode of Secure Talk. And today we're going to be talking to Zed Al Qureshi, who is an ethical hacker, a computer scientist, and the founder and CTO of Z Security. Zed, how are you today? I'm very good. How are you doing, Mark? Pretty good, pretty good. And uh, the second question I always like to ask people is, where are you? I'm in Dublin, Ireland. Dublin. How's the weather over there? It's actually been amazing for the last month. Usually it's really bad. It's always raining. But um, I think global warming is having a good effect here. <laughs> well, I'm from Seattle. And uh, yeah, everybody in the area is cheering on global warming. Not really, of course, but <laughs> we all like to see the sun once in a while, right? I know. You kind of feel good about it, but bad at the same time. But what can you do? Yeah, well, enjoy it while it's there. You know. So, hey, so um, Zed, you are... Um, an ethical hacker, and you're also an online educator. And I'd like to get a little bit uh, more information about your background. But first, what is ethical hacking? Well, um, the way I look at it, a lot of people ask about, uh, is this ethical? What's ethical about hacking? So we know hacking is basically gaining access to places that you're not supposed to have access to. So by the definition, it sounds like you're doing something illegal. But um, when it comes to ethical hacking is, um, so we know there are people out there who have the skills to gain access and hack into systems and do whatever they want to do. So they can steal money or damage the system or, you know, achieve their agenda. So the ethical part comes where you're doing this because you're being hired. So you're doing it with permission. Um, so there are lots of companies, you know, we hear about companies getting hacked every day. Sony got hacked. Uber recently got hacked. And uh, information about 56 million users got exposed. So companies like that would hire ethical hackers or pen testers to try and hack into their systems. So the hacker is doing, using the same skills used by the black hat hacker or the criminals, but they're doing it with permission from the company owner or the system owner. And once done with their attempt to hack into the system, they usually be able to hack part of or some sort of a resource in the system. And they produce a report that is very useful, obviously, to the company owner, because then they'll be able to secure their company from the criminals. It sounds like a lot of fun, actually. It is. Uh, it's, it is a lot of fun. It's uh, what I always wanted to do. So I'm, I'm very happy I'm doing it. Well, th that brings me to my, my, my second question is, um, how did you get into ethical hacking? And, you know, tell us a little bit about your background. Um, so basically back in school, um, I've always been a little bit of a nerd. Um, uh, me and my friend were just, you know, just heard about hacking and all that. And, you know, you watch movies and you see people typing stuff on a green screen. A lot of it isn't real, but, you know, kids. And I don't know, we just had the challenge that we wanted to hack each other's accounts. So we kind of had a competition. I wanted to hack into his email and he wanted to hack into my email. And that was back in the day when Gmail didn't even exist. It was Yahoo and all that. Um, so I managed to hack into his account. Um, felt great. I really liked it. 
it's it it gives you a really good feeling, especially when you're still a kid, that there is people who like engineers and software developers working on this, and you're able to hack into you know to break what they've worked on. Um, obviously, everybody make mistakes, but when you're still 12, uh, you just think you're smarter than everybody else. Um, right now, I make mistakes and I make sometimes vulnerable things. But back at that time, I just thought this is great. I can prove that you know I'm the best or whatever. Um, so yeah, that kind of fueled me into learning more about hacking. And as I learned more, I learned that there is an existing industry now that was still kind of not very as popular as it is now. But uh, pen testing was an existing industry, so I knew that I could actually get paid for hacking into systems. I don't. This is not something that's illegal. It's not something that's you need to hide and not tell anybody that you can do. No, I can tell people, and then I can get hired and I can make a career out of it. So. Ever since I was very young, I think 12 or 13 years old, that was my goal. So um, I was involved in ethical hacking communities, uh, publishing posts, writing tools and all that since I was in school. And then when it was time to go to college, I picked computer science because um, I wanted to learn more about how computers work. I think it is very important, like there are certificates there and a lot of people go and jump straight away into taking certificates for cybersecurity. And they're great, they will teach you the security part. But I think what's even more important is to literally just understand how a computer works or how the system that you're trying to hack work. If you understand that, then the hacking and the security will be much easier, if not trivial. Okay. So I did a computer science course in college um, with the information that I already learned, uh, self-taught before going to college about ethical hacking. So by the time I graduated, everything just clicked together and um, I just started working in it. I, I was actually working in the field before college, but uh, after college, obviously, I'm doing this full time now. Okay, excellent. So, um, and then I want to talk about your courses in a second, but when you're working as an ethical hacker or a pen tester, do you ever come across opportunities where you're, or, or situations where you're not quite sure, is this ethical or is this going a little bit too far? Well, when you, when you start doing a job as a pen tester, you sign a contract and in the contract, it tells you exactly which pieces of the system that you're supposed to test. So you should know what to test and what not to test. Okay, that makes sense. So it it, it, it is always ethical because the owner uh, is hiring you. So the owner of the company or the website or the network is hiring you himself. So you're not, this actually goes into white hat and gray hat because both of them will not do anything criminal. But the white hats like myself will only test the system if the owner of the system asks them to test it. Um, the gray hat might actually go and see a website, for example, they see Facebook. Now, Facebook has a bug bounty program, but let's say your own website. They see a website, they go and they test it. Maybe they won't break anything, but they will test the security of the website anyway, and they might try to exploit it. Maybe they, they won't do anything bad once they gain access, if they do gain access, but they're still testing a system that they don't have permission to test. That's, that's where the gray hats are. Okay, well, that's that's interesting as well. And I guess they're doing that um, as some type of community service or to gain recognition or just for the challenge? Yeah. 
Yeah, in a lot of, yeah, for the challenge and like in a lot of the cases, by the time they exploit the website or the system, they'll actually email or contact the admin and tell him how to fix it or whatever. But they're still doing something that they're not supposed to do. It's not your play, like, it's like trying to break into a house that's not your house. Okay, you're not going to steal anything, but you're still not supposed to try to break into it. Right. And if you get caught and the cops show up, you're going to be in big trouble, right? Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to come back to uh, you know what it's like to to work as a, a pen tester or an ethical hacker, uh, but before that, I'd like to talk about your course because I, you know I came into contact with you because I took your course, uh, learn ethical hacking from scratch, and for okay. me, you know I don't really have much of a technical background. Uh, I'm kind of a, a, a mid career uh, pivoter into cybersecurity, uh, and so you know I can't jump too far into the deep end. I, I thought that the course really helped me, people like me, get a grasp of some of the really cool tools and, and um, processes that that hackers use. Um, and and it, it, I'll come, I'll tell you a little bit about that. But I work in a company that um, you know we've got several people with the CISSP, etc. And some of the techniques that I learned from your course, I was I was able to go in, and people in the office are like, "Whoa, how did you do that, man? <laughs> it's pretty cool." So, how did you? Um, was that your first course, or you know, how did how did it come about that um, you started doing online courses? Um, that was actually my third recorded course. So the first thing, uh, well, that that's gonna go back now where the first proper ethical hacking community I started kind of getting involved in. So when I started learning hacking, everywhere, it, like there was no such, well, in the Arabic industry anyway, or in the Arabic websites, because at the time I was still, my English wasn't very good. Um, oh, well, all the where, Arabic websites. Where are you from originally then? I'm originally from Iraq. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, um, and how long have you been in Ireland? Uh, nearly 10 years now. Okay, so, wow, that must have been an interesting transition. We'll come back to that another time. Okay, so keep going with the story. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, at the time, most of the websites that had information about uh, hacking, most of them were forums, and most of the information were information for black hat hackers, really. Like, people were just showing how to, like, they were literally testing the things that they were showing on live websites. And a lot of it was just to show off. So a lot of it didn't really teach you how to do it. It's just showing you, look, I can do this. So you're going to have to kind of look and do your own research and try to figure out what's happening there. Um, the first website that was a proper ethical hacking website that's legal and teaching uh, white hat hacking and all of that was iSecurity. So I, was, I wasn't the founder of that website, but I was one of the first people who got involved in it. And I was with the team that actually worked on that website from the start. Um, so I started posting with that website and the website grew really big, but the website wasn't making any money. There was no ads and there was no ideas of trying to make money out of this. The whole point was just to have, have an ethical hacking community. So... The servers grew big and there was no source of income for the website and ads wouldn't really help. So the website got sold to someone else and uh, this person who bought it is very smart in terms of marketing and uh, he's more of a business guy. And uh, he made the training uh, a training section for that website and basically the training part of it taught everything that we were already teaching in the website. So. The guy approached me and he's like, I, I seen all your uh, posts and you seem like you know your stuff. I want you to make a course on network hacking. 
And my response was like, everything that I, if I, if I was to make a course, everything that I'd put in this course is already on the website for free. And he said, no, people look for a proper curriculum and they want to go over the steps. They don't have time to look through your posts and all that. So I made the course. And like I said, everything in the course was already available for free on the website. Uh, but there was a huge demand for some reason. People loved it and people were buying it. And th this course was sold on the exact same website that has the posts for free. It just had them in a nice curriculum, broken down to pieces and all of that. You know, it's not just a normal post that you see on a blog. Right. So you were you were curating yeah. you were curating some of your the existing material that you created. You know, you put you put a little order on yeah, it. Yeah. Exactly. It was just more ordered, maybe higher quality, but it wasn't any new information. It was the same information, but people just people working in companies and all that, probably like yourselves, they don't have time to go and look for a specific topic, learn it, and then move to the next one and all that. They want a curriculum. They want to start from zero and end up at a certain stage. So that was he understood that, and that was why that was the people that were buying the courses. Excellent. Um, from that, uh, we started doing some live teaching in Dubai uh, for boot camps and all of that. And then the same guy actually suggested to me to make a course on Udemy. Obviously, when you make a course in English, you're getting exposed to the whole world because pretty much the whole world speaks English. And uh, the first course was based on this network hacking course that I was teaching in iSecurity and in the live uh, courses in Dubai. And from that, uh, after that, I made the ethical hacking course. So some of the ethical hack, some of the network hacking part is still in the ethical hacking course, but obviously the ethical hacking course covers uh, pretty much all, not all, but the most important fields of ethical hacking. But it doesn't dive too deep in any of them. So you see, like it gives you um, a good idea of what this field is, what you could do, and it kind of moves to the next one. So it covers the basics of everything, really. Excellent. Well, is this the course that I'm talking about, Learn Ethical Hacking That's the course that you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought it was really well done. And I'm not all the way through it yet. I'm, I'm just getting so busy with work and other things. But I, it is on my... Um my to-do list to finish it up. I, you know, I just things like setting up VMs um, and then put, loading in, you know, Kali and, and and some of the other operating systems and 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 playing around with those and using some of the tools that are included. It, it's I, I thought pretty cool stuff. Um, and you know, sometimes it's a um, a little bit difficult for somebody who's non-technical like me to follow, but you just hit replay um, and, and watch it again. And then you've got, I don't know who does your support or if it's you, I think you've got uh, somebody with a, I, th I think it was a Korean sounding name um, doing your, your, yeah, on chunk. Yeah, doing yeah. your online support. Yeah. Very responsive. I mean, I typically I post a question and um, I get a response back almost immediately most days. Uh, so I, I'm like, well, where do these, where are these guys based, man? Because <laughs> it doesn't seem like they <laughs> sleep, you know, they're, they're always re very responsive. Yeah, no, we actually, it's, it's me and him that uh, always view it but uh, I, he usually answers everything unless he has a problem with something so so I review all of his, his answers but I, I never post anything unless he's he's having a difficulty excellent okay so so um, let's go through uh, all the courses that you have right now especially the English ones you have learn ethical hacking from scratch how many um, how many students I saw some numbers uh, online that were quite large uh, how many students have you had so far in total for that course, I'm not sure for that course. In total, for all of the courses right now, I have 150 on Udemy on its own, 150,000. Uh, but I also, my courses are being sold on Stack Social, Stack Commerce, on my own platform, on Z Security, 
and on Pact Pub. So in total, I have more than 300,000 students. That is amazing. And I, I was also looking at your LinkedIn profile. It says that you just graduated in 2016. Is, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Dude, that is so impressive, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, well, I mean, it, it helps that you started when you were 12, but you know, it's, uh, it's, it's that's, that is awesome. 300,000 students, two years out of, uh, or a year out of uh, a university. Um, well done. So what other courses do you have? Um, two years out of university. Oh, two 2018 years. now. Oh, you're right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm not technical and I'm not mathematical either. So, <laughs> okay. So what are, what are your other courses? Uh, the other courses are, so the basic, the ethical hacking course, like I said, it covers uh, the basics of most ethical hacking um, fields. And then for each one of these fields, if you want to dive deeper, for example, in website hacking, I have a full course on that. So it covers more advanced attacks, it covers more vulnerabilities, and it covers more about how to properly secure websites from these attacks. So the same goes for the other courses. I have a course on social engineering. Again, it dives deeper into that. So the general ethical hacking course covers a little bit of social engineering. And then the social engineering course dives much deeper into uh, using credential harvesters, um, targeting all operating systems that, such as OS X and Android and Linux, uh, making more advanced Trojans and so on. Then I also have an advanced network hacking course Similar to the other ones, this one dives deeper into network hacking, covering uh, more secure encryptions and more secure attacks that you can launch against networks. So all of these courses are made if you want to take your skills to the next level after doing the general ethical hacking course. But all of them can also be taken on their own. So all of them still start from zero. So if you if you're only interested in website hacking and you know that you want to work to discover to work in bug bounty programs and just get a pen testing job for websites, you can just jump into the website hacking course. There is no need to go and get the general ethical hacking course. Well, that um, that leads me to my next question. What advice would you give to people who you know they, maybe they already have an IT background, but they want to get more into cybersecurity? Uh, possibly, you know, directly into because cybersecurity itself can be quite broad as well. So let's just say that they, yeah. they want to get into cybersecurity, but specifically they want to get into either pen testing or ethical hacking, those type of roles. What advice would you give people? Well, if they already have an IT background, um, I think the best thing to do is to go ahead with certificates to try and go get some certificates. Look for Look for what field you're looking for. So if you're looking for, for example, just pen testing, then offensive security certificate is one of the best right now. So you just want to go ahead and that, that exam is challenging. So you wanna you wanna have you wanna do maybe some of my courses. They also give you training materials for that. So you wanna make sure you understand that and you're 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 confident to go into the exam. Once you have that exam with your IT background then you should be able to go ahead and start applying for jobs. It is a little bit more challenging when people still don't have any IT skills because if you don't have any IT skills and get these certificates, it's still it's still hard for employers to take you. So usually I'd say the best thing you want to do is have something related to IT. Do a networking degree, computer science degree or whatever. And as you do that, you can do what I did, get involved in ethical hacking communities, learn as much as possible while you're doing your course and get involved, write code, uh, write posts, maybe do internships. By the time you graduate, there is a very high chance you'll get a graduate job in cybersecurity. 
So by the time I graduated, I actually got three jobs in pretty good companies uh, to work as a, in a graduate position. And these graduate positions will, they, they assume you still don't have a lot of skill. So they'll actually pay you, they'll train you, and they'll pay for you to go ahead and do the certificates that I was just saying. And at the same time, you'll get experience because they will give you work to do. So these are great places to start and break into the industry. That's awesome. And how about somebody like you? I mean, how do you continue to learn? I actually find it great now making courses because I learn so much when I make a course. Um, that was one of the things that I was scared of uh, after I left college and I decided I want to do this full time. Um, I was spending a lot of time making courses and I was scared that I'm just going to be teaching what I already know. Like, how am I going to advance? How am I going to learn more? But I actually learn so much as I make courses because, for example, now I'm working on a Python course for hackers. So it teaches Python programming and ethical hacking at the same time. And I already know Python and I already know hacking. But when I go ahead and try to teach a topic, and I've, I've used, for example, I'm teaching a function or I'm teaching a library, and I've already used this library in some of my programs that I made before. But when it comes to teaching it, you really have to understand exactly how this library works if you want to teach it properly. So I just, I have to spend a day or two spending it, experimenting with it and make sure that I understand all of the functions and all of the things that it does. And by the time I'm done with it, I've learned so much. So as I make these courses, I actually learn a lot. And also sometimes some of the questions that the people ask are very challenging. So I, I'd actually have to go and do some research myself and test them on my lab. And that also helps me to learn more. Yeah, I think there's a, a famous Latin phrase that I can't remember right now that says something like um, to teach is to learn or the best way to learn is to teach. And I know, for example, for me, um, do it, doing this podcast and, and writing blog posts, I, I've got to do some preparation. Um, I've got to do some research and I end up coming out, hopefully, usually more knowledgeable on the topic. So uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, when you were, you know, since you started um on this journey towards uh, becoming an ethical hacker and then an ethical hacking uh, educator. Have you come across mm -hmm. people that have influenced you? Like, do you have any hacking heroes or great teachers? Heroes. Well, when I was young, I used to look up to all of the kind of legendary hackers. One of them is Kevin Metnick. So that's, that's the one that has movies, books and everything. Um, uh, I was influenced about movies as well. I, re I like watching movies. And at the time, I thought everything I've seen in movies is true. So you just see a guy with a console writing stuff and <laughs> everything just comes to reality. But uh, it, it was very interesting, just the, the fact that you can, you can go ahead and break the rules. and Yeah. I, I... It, it feels good. It's hard to explain it, but it feels good. Once you actually gain, even if, when you're doing this for a pen test and you're getting hired by this big company and they think they have the best software and everything and you go ahead and tell them, oh, look, this is how I got there. It's 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 a great feeling. It's, yeah. yeah, you have to do it to, to, to know. It's it's kind of like a puzzle, right? And you're getting paid to solve the puzzle, right? Yeah. 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 Um, what, um, I mean, you mentioned earlier about the, uh, uh, what did you call it? The hack bounty or the, what was the word you used? Bug bounty. Uh, bug programs? bounty, yeah, excuse me, bug bounty. Um, yeah. Talk a little bit about how that works and then talk about like maybe some of the best examples that you've seen or most interesting examples that companies have uh, have conducted. 
Um, so the, these are actually not very old, like the recent when companies started doing them. Started doing them. So like I said, uh, sometimes you have gray hat hackers who would go ahead and just test the security of websites anyway, and uh, maybe they'll email the uh, the admin and tell him I managed to do this. So companies like Google and Facebook thought about this and and also they, they they also get black hat hackers gaining access to their systems and hacking them and all they do is deface the website for example say hacked by whatever his name just to show off and show what they did and that's that's where the forums that I actually learned from that I was talking about before there were ethical hacking communities um, black hat hackers used to just go and show off and sometimes just hack famous websites and just put their name on it so uh, Companies like Google and all of them came up with an idea of uh, literally inviting people to go and hack into the website. And if you do, email us and we'll pay you for the vulnerability that you found. So, so how much? <laughs> uh, it depends on what you discover. So you might discover something that's minor. They won't pay you anything. Uh, you might discover a critical flaw and they'll pay you up to 100,000. I think some of the highest bounties. A really interesting one that I remember, and I think he was paid around twenty to twenty-two thousand. It's it's very simple, and it's pretty recent. I think it was last year or two years ago. Uh, someone discovered a way to log in into any Facebook account, any Facebook account, without having to send that person a keylogger or anything, without having to make any contact with that person. And the way they did it is, you know, when you go on Facebook and click on the reset password. Yes. They'll send you uh, an, a message or an email with a code to reset your password. Right now, that code used to be only made of digits, and it was only I think four or five digits. So it's very easy to brute force. There aren't that many possibilities. The only thing that will stop you from brute forcing it is a Facebook checks for the amount of failed attempts. So if you if you try five or ten failed attempts, they'll block you and blacklist your IP. So you can't really do that. But what he discovered in the beta version of the mobile website, they weren't checking for the number of failed attempts. So he was able to write a very simple script that can uh, try the, 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 all the possible attempts for when, when you click on the reset password. And using that, he was able to reset any password he wanted on any Facebook account. That is so the guy was smart. He didn't, he didn't use it to hack into his friend's Facebook. He actually contacted Facebook. He told them about it, and they paid him about twenty to 25000 That is so cool on, on, different, on many different levels. I mean, one, the, the problem itself was pretty simple. The solution that he found was just simple and elegant, right? I mean, <laughs> it wasn't yeah. su you know, super complex, diabolical, no. some guy in a, in, you know, a team in a, in, a, in a lab trying to figure this out. He's like, hey, man, they, they got this uh, mobile website, and uh, let's just check it out. And then, and then it's cool that Facebook paid him 22 grand. You know, I mean, that's, that's yeah. just awesome all the way around. But it, it is something very critical. But the, the, this is actually something that's very important. Um, sometimes the main website is always not, I can't say secure because there's no such thing as 100% secure, but it's more secure than smaller parts. So uh, there's always beta versions and smaller domains on, on these big websites like Facebook and all of them. And usually hackers, that's how they gain access to, to these websites. So it's always a smart idea to start testing with these smaller uh, websites. So this was a beta version. It was still not uh, available to everybody or it's it wasn't designed for everybody to use but it was available publicly 
and that's that's how he used it. So if you if you would have tried this at the same on the main website or even on the main mobile website, it wouldn't work. It'll only work on the beta version. But the beta was public; everybody could access the beta. That is cool, um, and it does. It also reminds me that you know, in my experience in this industry, you know, there there are a million different security products and solutions out there, uh, but a lot or largest percentage of the breaches that happen actually come from um, relatively simple uh, yep. phishing campaigns, for example. Somebody clicked on mm -hmm. something they shouldn't have clicked on. So what advice yep. would you give to people, uh, not on the hacking side this side, but to this time, but on the you know preventative side or the cybersecurity side, what advice would you give people and organizations in order to improve their security posture? Um, one of the main things, I'll actually go back to the main things back, but um, the first thing is test every single functionality, sorry, test every single functionality that your website offers. So this goes back to the Facebook example. If you have a beta version, if you have a part of the website that's only accessible to certain customers, to VIP customers, or even maybe a part that's only for employees, test everything. Even if the employee has to put a username and password to log in, you're going to assume that your employee is never going to try to is never going to try to hack into your website, maybe. Or even if it's uh, your you only have two employees and you know them, so they'll never try to do anything bad. But Test the functionality offered to them and make sure every person, every user to the website can do only what you want them to do. So can do as little as possible. Don't just give permissions to without thinking or assuming that they will not use these permissions to do something else. And, and a very important part is test everything. Okay. Every single thing that can be clicked or used on the website, test it. And the main and the biggest one is education. So if you're in a company and you have a lot of users, uh, usually your users or sorry, your employees will have more access to your company because they need to do certain tasks. But these these users can be hacked. They can be social engineered. And social engineering is one of the biggest or the, the, the hardest thing to secure against because you're literally exploiting the people. You're not really exploiting a system. Your system could be 100% secure but someone can be social engineered into opening an image or uh, reading a book. And when they read it, your whole system is hacked. Yeah. So education is very, very important. I think that's some really good advice. Um, on the permissions thing, you know, some we, we oftentimes go into organizations and they will have a large number of global admins. And we're like, why do you have so many global admins? And they're like, well, uh, you know, we, we need them from time to time. And, and so a lot of times we advise companies is nobody should ever be a full-time global admin. You can elevate their permissions for an hour, a day, or whatever time. Um, but, yeah. you know, but you only want to be in that role for the time that you need that. And then and then you, you, mm. you come back out of that role. And if your credentials are compromised, um, they're not going to get access to everything. They're just going to get access to your Exactly. Thing, right? the, that's the problem. Like I spoke with the smaller companies where the, the, the people that have high permissions on, on the network are very trusted people. It's people that they knew for a long time and they, they've helped you know build this. So they trust that person who has all of these privileges. But this person doesn't need these privileges. And you didn't think what happens if this person got hacked. So that's that's the problem.
Exactly. And then in terms of education, we're, we're also a big believer in that as well. You just have to create awareness, um, tell people what to look for. Uh, and, and it's one of the, the services that at Adequest we provide some of our customers is we go in and we, we do some, some education. Sounds like a great idea for another course for you, though, would be because, you know, you're teaching ethical hacking. But there's probably, uh, well, I must say probably, I know there's a market for this, uh, you know, basically end user awareness, you know, what to look for and, 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 what, mm. and how to handle, if you get a suspicious email, how to handle it and all that stuff. Have you done any work in that area or are you thinking about that? Well, I actually have, the, I have the social engineering course, which covers that. So uh, it, it shows uh, basically everything that's shown in it is how you could gain access to secure systems or, well, maybe the systems aren't secure, but we don't really rely on any vulnerabilities in the system. So all of it is using fake emails, fake websites, um, uh, using Trojans or files that can look or function like any other file type, like uh, using a, you can send a book or a PDF that when executed would uh, inject a keylogger or inject a backdoor. And obviously when you see all of these things at the end of each section, I cover how you would be able to spot this and not be a victim of that. Excellent. And say the name of the course again. It's the uh, so Learn Social Engineering from Scratch. Learn Social Engineering from Scratch. I will be checking that out as well. Well, hey, Zed, um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, I, let me ask you just a couple more questions and then we'll wrap this up. Have you been seeing a lot more of the, uh, the crypto jacking attacks? Have you been uh, hearing about that or have you seen any yourself? I haven't seen well. I've I've been reading the news, but I haven't um, worked with anyone with any company or anybody on it or you know okay. on, on investigating it. Yeah, I mean, one of the challenges is um, you know it's hard to even know if you've been hacked, right? Because basically they're just using your 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 computing power, and you know maybe and maybe your computer is acting a little bit funny, and most people wouldn't know where to look. Um, do you have any advice in terms of of how to avoid? being crypto jacked or how to um, know if you have been the main problem with well the main way you could be a victim of that is if you're using software from an unknown source really um getting like making a program to to start mining is is very easy writing a miner is very easy and then you can inject this few lines of code in any other program that you want and boom, it's going to work. You know, it's going to do the job that the person is expecting and mine at the same time. So this just goes back to the same way. How would you know if you're, if you're being hacked? Because getting a reverse connection, basically getting hacked, um, it's only a few lines of code as well. So you could be running any program and that, that another person would gain access to your computer through that main program. So it really goes back to the same, always goes back to the same way. Don't don't get files from unknown uh, People don't download files from unknown sources. Um, test the files. Analyze. There, there is there is good websites there. The sandbox websites. Um, you, you can actually install it. And have a virtual machine to do that. But there is a much easier way. I can't remember the exact names of them. But there's a number of websites that will actually allow you to run uh, the executable. They will run the executable in a sandbox and analyze the activity that the uh, executable will do when it gets executed. Excellent. So you can even read through that and see if it opens any ports. Now, obviously, this is not relevant to to the crypto jacking, but it, it just goes to show if, if you're running anything that's suspicious. But yeah, if, if you're downloading files from known sources, from known websites, you should be fine. 
just don't download or use any files from unknown sources. Right. Be careful out there, right? Um, yeah. Also, you want to make sure that when you're downloading things, you're downloading them over HTTPS. You want to make sure you're using HTTPS everywhere because making sure you're downloading from a right source isn't enough because there could be a man in the middle replacing the downloaded files. Gotcha. Um, last question. So what's what's the future for you? I mean, are you coming out with more courses? Um, you know, what, what are your future plans? At the moment, I'm very close to releasing my next course. So that should be released hopefully next or week or the week after. This is my biggest course I've worked on uh, ever. So it's it's taken a very long time, uh, a lot of blood and sweat put in that. It's the Learn Python Programming and Ethical Hacking. Um, so basically, it assumes you have no knowledge in both topics, and uh, it starts with you from zero, and by the end of it, you should be at a high intermediate level in ethical hacking and Python programming. So you'll be able to use your, py your Python programming skills to write any program, but throughout the course, you'll be writing hacking tools. So all the tools that you see in my course, the, you'll learn how to actually create them yourself. So you'll be able to, obviously, in order to be able to do that, you'll learn more about how computers work, how networks and all of that work, how to interact with them, and how to write Python programs to do certain the different types of attacks. Sounds like an awesome course. How many hours is that? Um, I, so far, I haven't uploaded everything, so I'm not sure exactly how, how long, but I think it's going to be around the 20-hour mark. That's pretty impressive that you can compile all that information into 20 hours. Because if I think about going to a university, right, that's like 20 lectures. Um, but, you know, outside the lectures, you have the homework and everything like that. But, you you know, I, I got to compliment you. Uh, you do a really good job of teaching in a very efficient, understandable way. So if anybody's listening and they're interested in these courses, I highly recommend them um, because – they could take somebody like me and give me um, some skills that I could actually impress some of the people in my office with. So uh, that was pretty cool. Well, hey, uh, Zed, I really appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy your course. If people want to get more information about you or your courses, where should they look? Um, they can look on my own website, zsecurity.org. That's just a Z followed by security.org. Um, they can also look on my LinkedIn and on my uh, Udemy page. So just Udemy forward slash Z dot S-A-B-I-H. Great. And if they want to look for the courses, again, the one I took is Learn Ethical Hacking from Scratch. Um, and then just go ahead and say the other ones uh, one last time, the, other, the names of the other courses. So we have Learn Ethical Hacking from Scratch. That's the main one. Uh, we have Learn Website Hacking from Scratch, Learn Social Engineering from Scratch, and Learn Network Hacking, sorry, Network Hacking Continued, Intermediate to Advanced. And the next upcoming one is the Learn Python Programming and Ethical Hacking from scratch. Excellent, excellent. Well, hey, Zed, I really appreciate your time. Uh, if you ever make it over to the States and you're on the West Coast, let me know. Um, otherwise, um, you know, hope to talk to you sometime again in the future. Thank you very much for your time. Take care, Zed. Cheers. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Join our hosts as they discuss a wide range of topics and speak with leading cybersecurity, technology, and compliance experts. Now is the time for Secure Talk.